Now, Father, I pray, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, that your word would be spoken and your word alone received. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I've got a quiz for you this morning. Just one question. What's, what's one thing that we need a lot more of in our world today, but most of us don't want? Think about it. Got any ideas? What's one thing that we need more of, a lot more of in our world, but most of us don't want? Any ideas? Discipline. Well, close, yes. Uh, actually, my word is responsibility. Responsibility. How about that? Am I the only one that, clearly I'm not the only one, who wants a little breakdown then from the responsibilities of this life? Thank God for sabbaticals. Ken is getting a little break from the responsibilities of being the rector, I think he's calling in every day or two. I'm exaggerating, he's not. I know I'm not alone. You, you can tell what's an issue in our culture by the humor. If you go online and Google, do a Google search for jokes on responsibility, you get 21 million hits. Okay? Here, here's a sampling. The job applicant is asked what to explain the reason he left his last job. And his answer was, responsibility makes me nervous. Okay, sign him up, right? Or this one, computers are becoming almost human. One difference is computers don't blame their mistakes on other computers. Or the politician, you'll love this, I take full responsibility for all of my actions except those that are someone else's fault. They're like my parents. They raised me wrong, right? Okay, but for humor, there is humor, but there's a, it's a serious issue today. Taking responsibility. Maybe you know a couple. We know some, Becky and I, that take no responsibility for the health of their relationship. Or parents who take no responsibility for the spiritual development of their children. Or adults who take no responsibility for their financial well-being, for their debt reduction, for their retirement plan. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have folks taking way too much responsibility. We call them codependent or enabling, taking responsibility really for one of the issues of other people. And they're very good at insulating people from the negative consequences of their bad choices. In other words, my point is that it's important as human beings living in this world today that we sort out that for which we are responsible and that for which we are not responsible. And nowhere is it more important than in God's kingdom to know what God holds us responsible for and what he doesn't hold us responsible for. And we got uh, we get an idea, we've got some lessons about that this morning in our reading. First, God's call to Ezekiel, the prophet, to be a prophet. God makes clear what is and is not the prophet's responsibility. His responsibility is to go to the people that God sends him to, in this case, the people of, of Jerusalem, the Jews who are living in Jerusalem, and he's, his responsibility is to tell them what God says to tell them, and then end the speaking of God's word with a declaration, thus says the Lord. And what is any speaker of God's word not responsible for? Well, not responsible for their reaction, not to take to heart their reaction to the speaking of God's word. God says their reaction is up to them. They'll hear, they might hear and obey, or they might refuse to hear and reject. Ezekiel, don't worry about that. Don't let it fret you. Don't be afraid. Just go speak and don't worry about the rest. And Ezekiel obeyed. For seven years, he was in Jerusalem speaking the word of the Lord to the people of Israel that were there, that because of their rebellion against God, their rejection of God's word, God's patience was ended. And the Babylonians were going to come and overrun Jerusalem unless they repented. They'd be carried into exile. Ezekiel did it. And for seven years they refused to hear him. They did not repent. And sure enough, in the seventh year, the Babylonians came and overran Jerusalem and carried them off into exile. And then, as God said, 
they would. And then at that point, they finally knew that a prophet had been among them. Too late. That's a picture of responsibility. Responsible to speak God's word, to warn people of sin, to encourage them to repent, but not responsible for how they respond to God's word. And that idea carries over into the New Testament, to Jesus himself, to the disciples, to the church, to you and to me today as Christians. You can see this in the gospel lesson. Jesus comes to his hometown. He teaches in the synagogue there. At this point in his ministry, he's famous. He's healed hundreds, maybe thousands of people. He's driven demons out of hundreds of folks. He's raised a girl from the dead. He's calmed a storm of the word from his mouth. He's taught the word of God around the nation of Israel with a message of repentance and the kingdom is upon you and, and with great power and great effect. And in Nazareth, his hometown, they're astounded by him, but not in a good way. They're, they're astounded, not believing. They're astounded at his nerve. This is the local boy. We know him. He, he's a carpenter. Remember that? We, we know his mom. We know his family. He grew up here. Who does he think he is talking to us like that? Where does he get this stuff? He's no better than we are. They took offense. So Jesus did what he was responsible to do. He spoke <coughs> God's word to the people, clarity, power, delivered the message. But he doesn't take responsibility for their reaction. He was amazed at their unbelief. And he says simply, well, prophets are honored except when they come home. <coughs> prophets are honored except when they're in their own home. He probably grieved. I think he did grieve. Grieved over Jerusalem, as he wrote in in the last week. He wept. They were not receiving him. But it's their choice. He doesn't stomp off in anger. He just, well, he could do less miracles, only healing a few because of their unbelief. Now, right after this, he sends out his 12 closest followers, two by two, gave them authority over demons and sickness, and he warned them. He said, they're not all going to receive you. You go and speak the message of the kingdom, repent for the kingdom is at hand, heal the sick, do what I ask you to do, but don't own it when they reject you. Some will reject you, he says, just shake the dust off your feet and go on. I pray that this is a comforting message for us this morning. It's intended to be comforting. It's meant to be. We, we have a role, you and I, in the kingdom of God. We all have a role. Thank God we're not all called to be prophets. We're not all called to preach. Not everybody has the gift of healing in their laying on of hands. But we all have a role. Jesus said to all of us that we're to be salt and light in our communities. Salt and light in the world. The New Testament tells us that we're all to be ready to give an account, testimony if you will, for the hope that we have within us. Each of us, the scripture says, has a, a gift. If we've given our lives to Christ, we've received the Holy Spirit, and we have a gift of the Spirit for ministry of some kind. We're all called, every Christian, to love others with the love of Jesus Christ and to speak God's truth to one another in love, to speak when and how God tells us to. And we need to do what he asks. We need to be faithful to God's <laughs> calling to us and his gifting. But we're not responsible, thank the Lord, for the outcome. We're not responsible for how people react to God's word, a word of repentance or forgiveness or love or redemption in the blood of Christ. We're not responsible for that. I hope that's good news. I hope that's an encouragement because there's an awful lot in our world today that needs Christian speaking to. There's plenty to speak to in our world. Everything from sexual immorality to the definition of marriage to racial injustice and hatred in our world and government overreaching and lack of integrity in the business world and the media's focus on what's vile and degrading and titillating off. Millions of things, dozens at least, for us to speak to as Christian people of the word. The Western world 
my humble opinion, is rejecting God's word to the extent that we've never seen before. And as Christians, we're called to hold fast to the word of God and to speak it when and how he calls us to speak, when he asks us to speak, but not, thank the Lord, to take responsibility for people's reaction to it, which means we don't hate them when they disagree with us. We don't judge them or condemn them when they don't receive God's word. We're not to be angry or afraid. We're not to own how folks react to the word of God. Maybe we grieve, I hope we grieve, because people are rejecting the word of life. But we speak when we're asked to, and then we trust God. I want to end with a final word of encouragement. It comes from our epistle this morning. Paul says in the epistle, essentially, that you and I, he is, and by implication, you and I are strongest for the Lord in our weakness. Strongest in our weakness. In other words, he's saying that we are most effective for God in this life when we are utterly dependent on the Lord. We're going to speak God's word. We go in dependence upon him. That he would put into our hearts, minds, and mouths the word that we need to speak. That he'd give us the love we need to have for the recipient of that word. And that he would then be in charge of their response. We go utterly dependent. Paul gave his, God gave Paul, the great apostle, this issue, this problem, a thorn in his flesh. Of some disability, some pain that was with him always. That kept him humble, that kept him dependent on the Lord, always aware of his dependence on God, not operating in his own strength. And when he was weak, that's when he was strongest in ministry. So I would say this morning, a key thing near the top of the list of what you and I are responsible for in our Christian lives, to stay needy, take responsibility for our own humility. If we won't, then we're probably going to be humble. God's good, faithful in that. But I always say, humble is good, humiliated is not so fun. So... <laughs> Humble. Be humble. Go forth humble. Not in our own strength, not in reliance on ourselves, never in pride, but move through this life facing the folks that God gives us to face in humility, with love and with truth. Take responsibility for that. Living life dependent on the Lord in our weakness, not judging others for theirs. That is a key for living a joyful and peaceful Christian life. People of God's word, salt and light in the world, depending on him, stay weak. Not the message you expect in church on Sunday morning, but stay weak out there. Stay weak, humble and dependent on the Lord. Trust and manage the rest. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your encouragement to us. We have a place in your kingdom. Give us grace to hear your voice and to obey in humility. Christ's name. Amen.